I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. And today we've got Will Coppage with us, who's the executive director of the Washington County Economic Alliance in Greenville, Mississippi. So, Will, thank you for being with us today. Chad, thank you for having me. Tell us about all the good stuff going on in Greenville. I know you guys just had a recent announcement, so there's some good stuff going on. We did, man. Washington County, we're growing. We really are. we got a lot of good things. That Probably the most recent, though, that you're, you're speaking of is our new form announcement. That announcement happened in the, the last part of 2018. They are a crop protection company with seeds and other agribusiness, and they're based out of Australia, and it's about a $20 million investment, and then they're they're looking to hire 68 jobs starting, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we see them growing more and more in in our area. I think one of the main drivers there was, was workforce in the region. The logistics, they saw how they can move goods, and so that's what was really eye-opening for them, for the Southeast. We're in the hiring phase right now, and it's, they've been a pleasure to work with. The most exciting thing is going back to workforce. I mean, that's, that's a key driver for, for any, any project, I think, that, that you've seen as well as we've seen. Oh, yeah. And what we have done to help, help tell our story as well as help mitigate any questions we've had about a workforce is the ACT Work Ready system. Uh, we are a ACT Work Ready community. We became a work ready community starting in 2017, and and for our listeners or or, or anybody else that that might not know as much, once you become a work ready system or work ready community, that's just not the end all be all. ACT continues to give you criteria to to move on. So if you want to continue, if you want to stay current, they give you more criteria to to that's keep good. on. Yeah. So if you want to keep that certification, you can't. You have to keep on going. Uh, you can't just put the put the certificate on the wall and say, hey, I've gotten this. We are excited to say that Washington County, a rural county of 45,000, is the only county, participating county in the United States to reach the fourth tier of the continuing of right. that. And that's huge. This is a, So this shows that a rural county can compete. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Next Move Group thrives on rural communities. And as a rural community myself, we're always asking how can we compete with larger metro areas, and that is one of the key drivers. So circling back to New Farm, 
so they're in their hiring phase. What we did for them is we helped them out by doing job profiles and what that was in the ACT system. We paid for a ACT job profiler to go up to their plant to follow their key positions around they'd be hiring and see what actual criteria they needed. Mm-hmm. Once that would happen. So, so they followed them around and literally pro. So it's not just to plug it into a system. I mean, they, they put boots on the ground. Boots on the ground, right, right. And then they came back, and that did two things. And so for, for other economic developers listening, that did two things. One, it provided them with the skills so we could then work on closing that skills gap for training. But also in the recruitment phase, we were able to take what they said. So they needed a silver certificate. And so then we were able to show, show the company itself that we had the silver certificates. So in recruiting, ACT also, that, that's a, a, a huge framework to use for us as econ developers right. in recruiting. Well, in rural towns, always have to, you know, I don't care where you are, what state you're in, labor's a question. And so now you literally can show these people. As I understand it, what they can do is show how folks uh, can transfer into other jobs based on their skills. So Correct. If I can do this, I have a, a great percentage chance of being able to do, you know, X, Y, or Z. 100%. So when you're hiring people, even if they don't have that direct skill before, they've got something that's transferable. Is that, that kind of hundred percent? And and so to mitigate that gap, what you're saying is it's a transfer skill but you still got to kind of shave off the edges or, or add to we'll mm-hmm. say add to to create that skill that's focused on the company so now when new farm is doing the hiring we're helping them with the hiring they're building out they're, they're loving what they're getting they can now put the hiring announcements require silver and so we have worked so hard to build a strong database in the county of certificate holders mm-hmm. folks are coming in they got the certificate or if, if they don't have the certificate yet it's paid for by the community college mm-hmm. or some people might have a certificate but only have a bronze and we will help the wcea will help retest that's good and that's what we, yeah. we have a workforce coordinator in our office that will help mitigate that and help retest but that's just one step of the equation for for new farm so also what we're doing is they're requiring us or requiring the hires to go through our manufacturing skills basic class, which again, so some of those people are from other sectors. This is a class, it's a a non-weeks class that goes over lean manufacturing, OSHA, forklift driving, team building, teamwork, computer skills. And by requiring that, it's given all the hires another base knowledge. And so for requiring it, it's also drawing a line in the sand saying, I am going to make sure my employees are set at a certain level. And other businesses in our area, such as like USG, are requiring that also. Right. And they found success. We've now had 23 classes. We've had over 300 graduates. Wow. And, and we impressive. just started that last year in our, um, in our high school for 11th graders. 11th and 12th graders, it's a two-year program. Mm-hmm. So they can graduate. They'll get that certificate. And if they want to, they can go straight to USG or New Farm to right. work. Well, now that you've had the new farm announcement, success usually breeds success. That'll spark a little momentum. You'll have more companies looking. So it's going to be even more important that you can continue that step. And I had no idea y'all were the only one to go to Tier 4. So that's really something to brag about. Tell these folks your location. So people might have heard of Greenville, Mississippi, but can't picture your <laughs> You're basically between Jackson and Little Rock. Is that the way to think about it, or how would you? You know, I've never described it that way, but you are exactly right. I always say we're, you know, we're in Mississippi, we're on the river, and we're, I say, uh, three hours south of Memphis, four and a half hours north of New Orleans. Yeah, that's, yeah, so right between Memphis and New Orleans. Look, and I know you have commercial flights 
to uh, is it Nashville and Dallas, if I remember? Well, it's it's they changed the the Nashville route to Atlanta, so we okay. uh, so that's I, even better. Yeah, that's e- yeah. even better. So Atlanta and Dallas got two flights to Dallas and one flight to Atlanta by boutique air. Again, a rural a rural uh, community with global reach. That's right. That's right. Talk about your airport hangars. So I know Boeing years ago, like in the 80s, had, had, had huge airport hangars there that are available now. So talk about that because uh, people would probably, especially aerospace executives, might be surprised to, to find that there's still hangars this yeah. big that might be available. Going back in, in uh, World War II, our airport was airbase used for pilot training. In the Korean War, it turned over a COCO, which a contractor-owned, contractor-operated flight training base so our airport set up as an air base mm-hmm. and so if you can think of logistically how it's set up two runways 8,000 foot and 7,000 foot you fly we landed uh, ILS man control tower and and then in the 80s as, as Chad as you said Boeing came in with some thoughts of some projects and started building some massive massive hangars one being over 200,000 square foot hangar along with some some 40,000 square foot, 30,000 square foot, all the way down to 20,000 square foot kind of back shop buildings. And those projects that Boeing had in mind never really came to fruition, and, and which was unfortunate for the city of Greenville. But the good part about all of this is that where the airport is situated with, with Aglan, it never had commercial or residential encroachment. So we still have the flight space, we got the MOAs, we got we got everything ready, and in the past few years, we have really ramped up our efforts at making this a competitive airport for airspace as well as, as MRO-type facility. And, and you really don't see 200,000 square foot hangars everywhere, so and, it's something to see. And it's city-owned. <laughs> City owns it, so you yeah, can be it's publicly owned, right? Correct. You, you try to build that right now, and you're you're going to be spending some money right now. Well, Will, I know you've won quite a number of awards. You won the Jimmy Hyde Leadership Award from the Mississippi Economic Development Council, which is a big deal in Mississippi. You were named top 50 under 40 by the Mississippi Business Journal. You're an Air Force veteran, so yeah. thank you, thank you for your service. How did you get into this business? I, I think, like most of us. We decided early on that we wanted to be an economic. No, I'm joking. No, uh, I think like most of us, we 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 fell into it uh, very randomly. My academic background, as far as college, like I, I went to grad school for creative writing. I have a creative focus, which everybody asks me, how does that relate to this? And you know, if you would ask me that ten years ago, I said it doesn't. But now it right. it, it matters completely. Looking at, at projects outside the box, using kind of a creative mindset, artistic mindset, working with people, communicating with people. You know, we're writing every day, we're marketing every day. But really, how to answer your question, how uh, I got into this field in 2013, my wife and I, who is an amazing competitive gymnastic coach, had the opportunity to move back to my hometown of Greenville, Mississippi from North Carolina. She was offered a, a great job coaching competitive gymnastics and being the director of gymnastics at the local YMCA. I did not have a job back home yet, so I'm in my Penske truck with my mutt dog Jolene in the front seat, and I get a job offer from the local newspaper who... Um, Delta Democrat Times, which is a, a really 
has a great legacy of documenting the Delta. And, you know, it, it was a, a great opportunity to get back and get back into things and seeing what's going on. Right. And through that, though, I made a really good impression with the mayor. At the time, it was Mayor John Cox. And within six months, he asked me to, to uh, head up his staff, be executive director or executive assistant to him. And I made that move, and when he decided he didn't want to run again, I started putting feelers out. And, and But during that process also, the city was went through a 20-year comprehensive plan, and I got to meet these kind of community development professionals that came in, and I was really amazed by that, that process. And so I was trying to figure out how can I get into more community development. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time also, you know, I met Kerry Carlson. When you see something that you like, you, you kind of got to mind that. And the staff at the time of the WCA, I really liked the staff, liked what was going on. And through that mining, I luckily, when an opportunity came up and an opening happened, I was asked to join the WCA in 2015 as project manager. And so, uh, Kerry just retired. He's a guy I've got great respect yes. for. And so, you you took the reins. And, and what I really like about it is, is you, you, you have really, you know those buildings and sites. You came up through the ranks. You didn't, you don't really have much of a learning curve. You know, sometimes you hire somebody and they don't know where the industrial park is. And Will's marketing of his buildings and sites really, I think, is cutting edge. He does a great job with it. Will, you were doing drones back now. It seems like everybody's doing it. You yeah. were doing those before anybody was doing it. I mean, yeah. so you really have an eye, eye for that. And I think a talent for it. And, uh, so I'm, I'm so thrilled that they gave you the position when, when Kerry retired, and I'm sure he's thrilled as well. I thank you for saying that. You know, it is kind of interesting when we're at these conferences and you're seeing all of the marketing agencies doing the drone footage, the videos, and, and you're right that years ago we started doing the videos, and, you know, now we're trying to think of new ways to, to incorporate that. And that kind of goes back to that creative artistic background again and I and I stole it from somebody else I mean it's not we're not sure we're 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 not reinventing the wheel but trying to figure out you know I do think virtual reality is kind of one of the next big frontiers I still don't know how to to kind of break into that I I think there is a gap in getting that client or that CEO to put on that headset I still think there is a gap in that so you know I, I don't know what what is the next digital frontier trying to figure that out you know I do think you got to know your like your metadata, your SEOs, I think that's the key, more or less, to marketing now. You do have to have a killer website. Got to be out there. You got to. We also have the chamber up under us. So big part of of our sale is is community development and community attitude. So a lot of my job is I don't say split in two, but a lot of my job is split with right. with that side as well. Right. Well, I can't let you get out of here without talking music. So being from the Mississippi Delta, uh, I know you're a musician and a writer. So talk a little bit about that aspect of Will Coppage. Oh, goodness. that That's a, a past life, I guess. I, I do play. I, I play a, a lot of instruments. Every I just got a new banjo. You know, <laughs> the birthplace of, of American music is, is Mississippi. And I want to give a shout-out right now to Steve Azar, who just wrote an, an amazing song for Mississippi, and, and, and the, the governor asked him, he said, I wanted, I wanted to, you to write a song that, you know, the children could sing almost like a kind of a preamble-type song, and he did it. Uh, you can download it and, and check it out on YouTube. And so Steve did a great job on that, but and it talks about how Mississippi is the birthplace. And, and you know, that's really going on. And, you know, going back to, to Greenville and, and, and not just Greenville, but Washington County as, as a whole. And you've been there, you know, and I'm not dodging your question. I do uh, I do play. I do love music. 
but you've been there times and you've said, hey, where can I go see some blues music? Mm-hmm. And that's been one of my big goals is to get the blues, get the traditional music back going in, in, our, mm-hmm. in Washington County. Because in some of the other communities around Washington County, I know where to go. Right. But we have such a, a, a great tourist base in our county, and they're asking the same question too. So I'm, I'm trying to, whether it's some sort of weird co-op or shuttling musicians down from Clarksdale or from other counties, but I'm trying to mine that as well. But no, there, there is, is great musicians in, in the South. I, I do love blues, but I, I love just as much as I love blues. I love country. I, I love uh, jazz piano. I can't play jazz piano well at all. Uh, I love the blues. Yeah, but yeah, blues is where it's at, and, and it really is. Just like the Mississippi River, it, it churns, it moves you, and uh, you can always tell when it's really authentic, and it, it really does move you. Well, my last question for you now, you know, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast may be project managers where they are, and yeah. one day aspire to be the executive director, and so... You have just made that leap, and, and I know you know, you've been there four or five years now. What, what advice do you have? I know you've done several different continuing education programs. I think you did the Oklahoma mm-hmm. EDI, and so for, for folks out there that you may be an inspiration, that they one day want to run their own shop, what would uh, what would you tell them uh, they need to learn or uh, what events maybe should they consider to go to to try to better themselves to, to have that shot? Chad, that's a great question. Definitely EDI hands down uh, i say edi it's great to go go to but i do think find your mentors find your friends you know i said this just the other week on the economic development side somebody said you know are you nervous and i said well there's always nerves but i said on the economic development side if there's a, a something up with a project i have a network that i know who i can call right. whether it's somebody that i've i've met through just normal work in a project or through people I met with at EDI and I, I still contact a lot of them I said that's almost the easy part because I know who I can pick up the phone and call that's that's what I would tell everybody is build your network listen and try to read as many books you can on leadership keep on expanding your knowledge and that's what Kerry Carlson the one thing he did to me when I first started as project manager he kept giving me these books and uh and i'm a reader but i would always read fiction or southern literature and i'll be like stop stop giving me these books and finally i cracked open one of them i can't remember what the first one was and then they kind of become addicting those leadership books or you kind of keep on wanting to read them and read them and, and now i can't stop but find your mentors listen to them don't be afraid to ask questions they're here to help Will, thank you for being with us today. We're really proud of you and the job you're doing and y'all's recent success. Give these folks the website for your organization in case they want to go check out more about it. WCEAMS.com. All right. Thank you.